Welcome to the EA Church Podcast. If this ministry has touched your life or you're in need of spiritual support, please let us know by emailing prayer at effinghamassembly.org. If you would like to support our ministry, visit effinghamassembly.org forward slash giving and choose a donation option that's best for you. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoy this message. All right, let's turn in our Bibles this morning. I'm going to be doing... uh, talking about peace in our Advent series, this hopeful expectation. Peace is the second of four topics that we're covering today, and so I'm looking at referencing, and this this is more of a topical message, in Isaiah chapter 9 and also Luke chapter 2. So first turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end, on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger." And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Father, this morning we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the peace that you give to us. Peace that you give. Peace that this world doesn't give. And so I pray today we would rest in that peace that you and you alone provide. I pray, Lord, would let the Spirit of God speak to our hearts and change our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Peace. I brought this new, uh, new decoration that I just bought yesterday for our home. Peace, the word peace. See it? It's something that everyone, everyone, is trying to achieve peace inner peace you go on to amazon or other booksellers and you see that uh, in the self self-help section people are looking for peace you see it and hear about it all the time in the news people are trying to find peace how to have peace how to ha- achieve inner peace we hear on the news media as a result of peace that's not happening. Violence. Violence among people. Violence among families. Violence among co-workers. Violence among nations. We need peace. Peace in our communities. Peace in our homes. Peace in the nations. Peace between nations. And peace between nations is probably the biggest thing that we hear about for the most part. Nations that are working to achieve peace plans. And one of the most notable 
peace plans is where? Between Israel and Palestine. We know there's been a conflict in that region since the Bible times. There's been peace talks, peace summits, peace treaties, peace process, and UN resolutions that have sometimes brought a sense of peace, but it's not brought the true peace. Why and how? Because we see it. Peace talks last for a little bit, peace treaties happen for a little bit, and then what happens? There's rockets being fired, there's violence happening there in the, between Israel and Palestine. And it's interesting that in this Advent season, the reason for peace came to that area. When I was on my trip to Israel, I visited a place, and it's called Shepherd's Field. And the entrance, uh, let's look at the, the entrance. It says, uh, glory to God. In the high, it's hard to read, but glory to God in the highest. Glory to God. The next one, this is called Shepherd's Field, and this is in Palestinian-controlled area. And so uh, this is Shepherd's Field. This is where they believe that the angels came to visit the shepherds and uh, came down from heaven while the shepherds were watching their flocks. This is also an area where they believe Ruth and Naomi were. And now the one challenge, if you know about archaeology and Israel history, that they do the best that they can. There's some areas without a shadow of a doubt they know something happened there. But they also, there's times where they do the best through the maps and through writings and through history and through the Bible and all these things, they find this. So this is where they believed. And what was cool about it is the next slide, it shows that we are able to have an open-air Christian meeting right there in these hills. We were to give, it was an awesome opportunity to give glory to God, where the angels came down and said glory to God, where the shepherds were filled with excitement, they were filled with peace, and uh, it's amazing because this is in Palestinian controlled, right outside of Bethlehem, where there's about 25% Christians, and we need to remember them in prayer as they continue to uh, just serve God and in the midst of uh, hostile conditions. And so when we look at history, when we look at time, we, we realize that people are not good at living at peace with each other, right? In your families, in your home, with your children, with your grandchildren, with your friends, with your co-workers, with your neighbors. We need peace, don't we? We need peace. Peace. Peace with the child. Peace with the sibling. Peace with your parent. Peace with the co-worker. Peace. Peace, peace, peace. And when we talk about peace, there's two sets of understandings of peace. There's the worldly peace, and there's a peace that Jesus brings. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Jesus, the Prince of Peace. And what he carries is the word shalom. Shalom is a fundamental meaning of welfare, prosperity, 
wholeness. And sometimes the absence of hostility, but not always. Peace in the English definition of Merriam-Webster says this, a state of tranquility or quiet, such as freedom from civil disturbance, a state of security or order within a community provided for by law or custom, freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions, harmony in personal relations, a state or period of mutual concord between governments, a pact or agreement to end hostilities between those who have been at war or a state of enmity. When I look at that definition, it's all reliant upon ourselves. This refers to a term called Pax Romana, which is Roman peace. And this has been in effect since 27 BC, where it talks about this worldly peace. But we know that peace really has to go beyond just the physical reality of something of us doing to attain it. Because in the physical sense of peace, there's still that spiritual, there's still the strife, there's still the hostility, there's still the problems that exist in the midst of world peace. Shalom. Shalom is what we need. Stoic philosopher Epictetus says this, while the emperor may give peace from war on land and sea, he is unable to give peace from passion, grief, and envy. He cannot give peace of heart for which man yearns more than even for outward peace. You see that in hearts and lives of those around you. You see in those hearts and lives of those that make it to the news media because they're lacking the shalom. Shalom, the peace of God. There may be peace that they think is happening, but it's something that's controlled and not out of their control, which is shalom. At the moment, can you just imagine these shepherds in this field received the greatest birth announcement ever? We know that people do all kinds of different things for birth announcements, and this is the greatest one, beginning probably with the greatest moment of fear, but then peace immediately comes. Life was challenging at that time when Jesus came. Taxes were high. Unemployment was high. Lots of morals happening rapidly. Sounds like today, huh? And the people of Israel trusted more in their physical might than anything else. And when the Messiah came, they were expecting this gigantic ruler that would rule with physical might. But law, philosophy, and religion can't bring that. Can't bring it at all. Fear not was the first words of the angels to the shepherds. And pretty fitting, huh? They're just watching their flocks by night, and lo, an angel of the Lord appears in front of them. They were greatly afraid. Oh, why? Because there's an angel out of heaven that comes. And then a multitude comes. Fear not. They want them to have peace. 
Physical peace is dependent upon man's power. Spiritual peace is dependent upon God's power. Write that down. Get out your pen. Get out your... Take a, uh, you can't take a picture because I didn't put on a slide. But, <laughs> but physical peace is dependent upon man's power. Spiritual peace is dependent upon God's power. And just some pastoral encouragement. I encourage you as I'm preaching, please, please take notes. Please, if there's a slide, please take a picture maybe of the slide or something. That helps you. When I come up here, I believe that I have a word from the Lord. And I, I, I put a lot of time and effort into it. And I want my desire every time is, Lord, you would speak to your people in spite of me. They would see you. But also, I want to help them. I want to help them in writing it down and underlining verses and taking notes or snapping a photo helps you. Thank you. Physical peace is dependent upon man's power. Spiritual peace is dependent upon God's power. And this was very cool when I was in Israel to fill, to fill the shalom. Shalom with the people, the land, and in spite of having Israel's enemy, who every day says they want to obliterate them and wipe them off the map, they live in shalom. Shalom. So what do we need to do with shalom? The Prince of Peace brings this. He first brings peace with God. Jesus came that we would have peace with God. Before you and I received Jesus, we were a hopeless, reckless mess. Today, if you don't have Jesus in your life, he wants to change you from hopeless to hope-filled. He wants to create something beautiful with your mess. Galatians 5, 19 through 21, the message puts it this way about this lifestyle before God. It's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. A stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. Trinket gods. Magic show religion. Paranoid loneliness. Cutthroat competition. All-consuming yet never satisfied once. A brutal temper. An impotence, an impotence to love or be loved. Divided homes and divided lives. Small-minded and lopsided pursuits. The vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival. Uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions. Ugly parodies of community. I could go on. That is what we look like before we receive Jesus. We're a stinking rotten mess. The prophet Isaiah describes, describes us. Or people this way. Their feet run to evil. And they are swift to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Desolation and destruction are their highways. The way of peace they do not know. There is no justice in their paths. They have made their roads crooked. And no one who treads on them knows peace. Peace. 
Without God, we were Romans 5, 6. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Thank you, Lord. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though for perhaps a good person, one will dare even to die. But God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. We receive that reconciliation to God, with God, through Jesus. And it's a great hope, the only hope for mankind. Shalom from Jesus, the Prince of Peace, gives us peace with God. He reconciles us and makes us right. But God shows his love for us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us. When we weren't doing anything right, that we hadn't done anything yet for God, Christ died for us. Christ saw us at the beginning of time. You and me, this location, this moment, and the moment that you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he saw that. But he also saw everything in front of that. He still died for you and me. We all come from different walks and circumstances of life. Some of us were, were committed our lives to Jesus at an early age. Some of them at a, a later age. Whatever it was, no matter the circumstances, God's love is greater. There's no sin too great, no circumstance too great. That's, without, with, that's not within the power of God's rescuing love and his rescuing grace for you and me. He brought Jesus to reconcile us. Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have attained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that sufferings produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. We've been justified. We've been made right with God. Then we have the peace of God. We have access to God. And then we have a hope. We have a hope with God. We have a peace with God that whatever we endure, God's with us. And it's producing something within us. People who are far away from God, and you will probably remember, when you were away from God, you had no peace. No inner peace. You may have said you had peace, but you really didn't. We know that people without Jesus are lost. There's no hope. And they do everything they can to fill it up. But because of Jesus, we have a peace with God. Peace with God. Number two, peace within us. 
this process of peace with God allows us to have peace within us. There's no way for you and I to achieve peace within us without the peace with God. It's a lost cause. There's no way to experience shalom without God. People will attempt to fill that. They will say avoid that spot that they were created with. Created with to fill with God, they fill it with sex, drugs, pursuit of fame, career, abuse of alcohol, food, you name it. Seek out fortune tellers, mediums, psychics, anything to attempt peace. And we know that only true peace that comes within us is a result of Jesus Christ. He provides that peace. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. This is where he's getting ready to depart. Leave these beloved disciples whom he spent lots of time with over the course of his ministry, and he's leaving them. We don't want you to go. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace. Not the peace that the world gives, but his peace. The peace that passes all understanding. That Philippians 4, 6 through 9. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the peace of God will be with you. Practice these things, and the peace of God will be with you. Not maybe, not dependent upon, well, dependent upon these, but something that's not dependent upon you, your decision to dwell on these things. And the peace of God will be with you. We face all kinds of circumstances and situations that a lot of times we'll never know why. We'll never know why they're suffering, disease, or issues, or circumstances in our lives. We know that sin has entered into this world, and there's darkness, and there's people that are living in darkness. And as long as that's happening, there's going to be sin, disease, destruction, death. But for the believer, there's peace within us, no matter what's going on. We have a secure and resting place in God through shalom, through the Prince of Peace. Psalms 4.8, in peace I will both lie down and sleep, for you alone make me dwell in safety. God wants you to help, help you to sleep. God wants you to help to be at rest in your circumstances and situations. 
in peace. I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Isaiah 26, 3. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Whatever you're facing today. Whatever you're facing today. You, he keeps us in perfect peace. And peace rules. Colossians 3.15 Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Can we talk about coupling with what we've talked about in November with gratitude. Let the peace of God dwell in you and be thankful for that. And again, this shalom does not mean that there's going to be an absence of problems. This means that we have shalom in spite of what's happening. John 16, 33. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In the world you will have tribulation. I don't like that. I wish I could take my eraser or my pen and mark that out. God, you didn't say that. You didn't say that I'm going to have tribulation. You said it's going to be easy street. You said I'm going to have everything I want. You said it's going to go my way. You said it's going to happen on my timetable. You said that nothing's going to bad is going to happen to me. You name it. You will have tribulation. I don't like tribulation. I don't want tribulation to come to me. I don't want tribulation to come to you. But take heart. I have overcome the world. We can have peace in spite of the tribulation. And I know there's circumstances and situations today. You are facing tribulation. And we don't take that lightly. But take heart. God has overcome the world. And you can have peace. And peace with others. Since the beginning of the first family on this earth, there's been hostility. Hostility towards one another. Rick Warren says this, Much of the world history is a story of conflict. During the past 5,560 5, years, there's been nearly 15,000 wars, and these are the ones we know about. There's constant conflict between people, between neighbors, between nations. James says it's this, what causes quarrels and fights among you, it, is it not this, your passions are at war within you. If you don't have peace with God, or peace within you, you're going to have war within, our, within yourself. And war within yourself causes strife amongst others. So there's no way to have peace with others unless you have peace with God, peace within you, and then you can have peace with others. 2 Corinthians 5.18 All this from God, through Christ, reconciled us to himself and give us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ's God, we are, was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us, and we implore on your behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Reconciliation. We are peacemakers. We are part of that reconciliation process because we've had that reconciliation with God We've had the peace within ourselves. Now we are called to make peace with others. Psalms 34, 
13 through 14. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. We are to seek peace and pursue peace wherever we're at, in whatever circumstance, whatever situation, whoever we're dealing with. Seek peace and pursue it. 1 Peter 3.10 Whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Romans 14.19 So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. We have a part in making peace with others. Proverbs 26.20 says, For the lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no whisper, quarreling ceases. We have a place in making peace. Peace in our homes, peace in our marriage, peace with our kids. You know how it is in your life and circumstance. Just say the wrong thing to your kid or to your wife or your husband or to your older child, to whoever, and what happens? Fire, right? Fire happens because we add wood. We add wood because of what's proceeding out of our mouth. Proceeding, really, ultimately, out of our heart. Peace with others results in us not adding to the fire. Or There's times where you know all of a sudden the fire is there, and you just go on and dump the bucket of gasoline. <clears throat> and we have a part. And we all make mistakes. We're all guilty. But we have a part to play with peace within our homes, peace within our families. Hebrews twelve eleven. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Strive for peace. We have an opportunity to be peacemakers. This is the moment of Advent. This is the moment that we have where people are seeking that out. And especially seeking it out with relationships and circumstances and situations. We have that opportunity to bring peace, be the example of peace with others. Jesus came to a world that was broken so that he could make it whole through shalom. The peace that he brings at Christmas is something that allows us to be content and rest in him no matter what circumstances and situations we're facing. Whatever you're facing today, whether it's a sickness in your body, a sickness in your family, a job situation, a financial situation, a marital situation today, depression, loneliness, we could go on and on. God's peace wants to make you whole. He wants to, you to feel that today. Jesus wants you to quiet ourselves. Be still and know that he's God. We face difficult things in this situation, especially the holidays seems to sometimes enrage what we feel, whether it's difficult family members, a first Christmas without a loved one, financial strain. You feel that because you want to give gifts. You want to... Uh, be part of the, the Christmas rush. 
There's isolation and loneliness that you feel. You remember maybe of days of gathering with your family. And maybe today you have brokenness and peace and you're wondering if we're even going to get together as a family. There have been maybe divorce or other things that have happened in your lives and family and situation today that you feel isolated and alone. In the midst of this, though, we can find peace, shalom. As I close, one of my favorite Christmas hymns is I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, one of America's most respected poets. He wrote this poem about the Civil War. His wife of 18 years died in 1861, and his son joined the Union Army without his father's blessing and was severely wounded. And he penned this in 1863. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And thought how as the day had come, the belfries of all Christian, Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And in despair I bowed my head, there is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks a song of peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail. With peace on earth, goodwill to men. The poem was then turned into a song in 1872 who took out some more specific sandas, which is interesting, having to do with the current war. It was this. Then from each black accursed mouth, the cannon thundered in the south, and with the sound, the carols drowned of peace on earth, goodwill. Towards men. Longfellow's right. God's not dead, or doth he sleep? The right will prevail, and the wrong shall fail. And we have a child that was born in Bethlehem. We have a reigning king who sits on the throne in heaven to thank for that. Amen.